Thanks for joining us. Today, Pastor Michael Heim will share with us a challenging and encouraging message from the Word of God. It is our prayer as you listen to this message that it will draw you closer in your walk with God and give you strength to walk daily in His grace. Luke chapter 21, beginning in verse 34, says, Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and anxieties of life, and that day will close upon you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen, and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Several weeks ago, I began to watch a lot of videos on YouTube. Um, there's not a lot to watch on TV, so I'll just lay in bed and turn on my phone and start watching YouTube videos. And so I started typing in videos all about the things that's going on in the world around us. And I began, I began to watch videos of how our current administration is turning our back against Israel. I began to watch different movies about how ISIS is not on the watch terror, the terror watch list, but yet evangelical Christianity is. I began to watch videos about the five Walmart closings. Have y'all been hearing about these things and uh, everything and all the conspiracy theories about the Walmarts and watching a lot of videos about that. I began to watch a lot of videos about this Jade Helm exercise. It's coming up September, I mean July to September of this year and all the things that are going on there and listening to a lot of the theories that, that's taken place in that situation as well. I began watching a lot of videos about a lot of different things, about the train loads of armored vehicles that are rolling into the southern towns across the uh, states of the United States here, of how this Jade Helm exercise has listed Texas and Oklahoma being aggressive states. I've been watching videos about the solar eclipses and the four blood red moons that we've had this year and how each one of those, we've always had blood moons, we've always had solar eclipses. But we've never had four blood moons and solar eclipses that have fallen on feast days of the Lord. And if you know the teaching that I've been teaching you for years here, anytime God has ever done anything of a major importance concerning man, it's always fallen on a feast day. So I've been watching videos about the Shemitah. I've been watching all of these videos and and. And I've been overlaying that against the prophetical mindset that I have about prophecy and begin to, to look at all that. And I went to bed that night and I woke up in the middle of the night afraid. For the first time in my life, I, be, I, began, I, I become fearful of the future. And I said, that's not right. That's not like me to be like that because of my faith in God and everything else. My anxieties begin to stir up. I begin to think about the future of our nation, of my family, and everything that's going on. And then one of those nights, that went on for several nights, and one night I was watching some videos, and I went to sleep, and I woke up. It was about 2 or 3 in the morning, and I just had a rush of thoughts. And I got my phone, I got my email, began to email myself, and I began to write down everything God had begun to lay on my heart. All these thoughts, all these scriptures... I usually preach a sermon that's two and a half pages long. My sermon today is six pages long. I'm not going to give it all to you today. But these thoughts God has just filled my heart with, and that's what I'm going to be sharing with you about today, about all these things, about bringing awareness of what's happening in our world 
And then what is our response as God's people? How do we respond? Should we become uh, uh, have anxieties about the future? Should we become fearful about the future? No. I came to one conclusion in all of this. And it's just simply, I felt God tell me, told me that night, just to stand firm. Don't be moved about things that's going on in this world. But to, not to fear, but to have faith. In Luke chapter 21, verse 19, Jesus told us, by standing firm, you will gain life. And all of a sudden, scriptures began, began to come to mind. I'll share more of those scriptures next week, but this is one that just came up. And it's God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, He has made me glad. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is, is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts His voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations He has brought up on the earth. He, will make, he makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God, and I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And everybody needs to say, Selah. Y'all know what that word means? It's a musical term. It's a pause. I don't know what you call it in music, that pause, but that's what that is. Pause and think about it. Every time you see Selah, think about it. God is our refuge, isn't He? He is our present help. Now, what I want to do this morning is, is share with you kind of the introduction and, and, and maybe the first point and part of the second point. But I want to bring an awareness about, and I'm going to share some things today that are going to be borderline conspiracy theory that's going to be out there that a lot of preachers may not even touch and talk about. But I am because it's going to serve the point and the purpose of my message because I want to bring out a lot of the things that bring the anxieties of life, that brings the fears and makes us sit back and wonder what's happening and, and, and how it scares us. I want to bring all those things out. But then I want to show how the, the correct response would be through God's Word through all of this. Now, if you look with me and follow along with me, Jesus gave us warnings of how, about the end times. Look at chapter 21. Look at verse 9 and 10. In verse 9 and 10, he says, well, look at verse 8. He replied, watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name, claiming I am he. The time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and revolutions, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Look down at verse 12. Let me just read all of this. I think it's just good just to read it. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and famines and pestilences in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay hands on you and persecute you. They will deliver you to the synagogues and prisons and, and, will, and you will be brought before the kings and governors and all on account of my name. This will result in your being witnesses to them. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand what you will how you will defend yourself. For I will give you words of wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to, to resist or contradict. 
You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. All men will hate you because of me, but not a hair on your head will perish. By standing firm, you will gain life. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and those in the city get out, and let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time the punishment is in, in fulfillment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the sword and be taken as prisoners to all nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on, on by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. On earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and the tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, we will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing nigh. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprouted leaves, you, you, you can see for yourselves that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that God, the kingdom of God is near. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, anxieties of life, and that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth, and be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen, and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. This is what we call the Olivet Discourse. This is where Jesus was on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples had asked the question, Lord, uh, what is the sign of your coming? When is it going to happen? And he began to lay out this time frame that we call the Tribulation Period. And what's interesting is, is that we're seeing these things happen now prior to the seven years of Tribulation that's coming upon the earth. So if that's the case, then how much closer are we to the return of the Lord? You know, we need to, to wake up and look around us. Jesus gave us these warnings. And what did He say? When you see these things take place, to do what? Lift up your head and be looking. Be listening. Be watching. Because your redemption is drawing near. Time is closing, folks. You know, America was founded because King George had placed America or the colonies in tyranny and he was a dictator. And so we decided as, as a group of rebels, of patriots, to come over here to America and to rebel against the tyranny of King George and to, fi and, and, and to find a nation, a nation that was going to be built upon the Judeo-Christian values where God was going to be the author, uh, and the Word was going to be the light. And every president and everyone else, we stood upon that. Our government was founded upon the Word of God. Everything. But now, 239 years later, we're seeing a major, and, and should I say a rapid shift, rapid shift since the 1960s, of how we're getting to become more secular and now even more atheistic as a nation. Are we aware of this? Are we seeing this? We basically told God that we, we don't want your word 
in the schools. We don't want prayer in the schools. We don't want the Ten Commandments in the courthouse. God, we don't want you in our lives. We don't want your word in our lives. And, and we have pushed this separation of church and state to the point that is now separation of God and country. We have moved from secularism to humanism to atheism. And church, I'm telling you, when a nation shuts God out, the inevitable is going to happen. Judgment is coming. That's what Israel did. Israel serves as a great example of what's coming. They were enslaved by a dictator. His name was Pharaoh. They cried out to God for a deliverer. He sent Moses and, they, and God delivered the Israelites out of, the, out, of their, out of Egypt into the promised land. Put them in a promised land. And there for a while, Israel worshipped the only God and kept His, his laws and obeyed them. But as time progressed, Israel began to abandon God's ways, began to disobey the law of God, began to shut God out, become very secular, began to worship false gods and idols. And so what did God do? God sent them into captivity. And they came back. They did the same thing again. What did God do this time? God judged them and destroyed the nation. And for 2,500 years, Israel didn't exist until May 15, 1948. Are we like that as America? We're under the chains of tyranny and dictatorship. We want our freedom. We come over here. We, we, find, we found a, a country based upon Judeo, Judeo values of Christianity. And we worship God. But as the years progress, we say, God, we don't want you anymore. Get out of our lives. It's amazing how everybody yells out, separation of church and state. But right now, the, law, the Congress is trying to pass a law to protect men like me as preachers that I have the right to decline if I wanted to not do a homosexual marriage. I thought we had a separation of church and state. I didn't know we would have to pass laws in order to protect me if I, I thought I had the right to say no. I don't say no just to homosexual marriage. I'll say no to, to anyone that I don't think is right and ready to, to... I'll say no to two Christians who are living in sin. I'll say no to that marriage. It's not that it's homosexual that I will say no to. It'll be anyone. I didn't know I had to... You know, we want, a, we want separation of church and state when it comes to putting God in, but, but now they want to get involved in those affairs of the church as well. I don't know. America is on shaky ground with God. In fact, I believe in Romans chapter 1 that God has already given America over. I believe His church is still here. I believe that grace is still there. But I think because in Romans 1, America has said that we want our desires, we want our sin, God says, okay, I'm going to give you over to them. And I think that's what's happened. God says, uh, you want your homosexuality and your lesbianism. And that's what Romans chapter 1, verse 26 is talking about. You want to live that way? You want to promote that lifestyle? Okay, then you do it. And that's why it's so rampant across America now. And so acceptable across America now. God says, you can have it. You're going to reap what you sow, though. And then the next one, three times, God says, God gave them over. And the next time God gave them over, He gave them over to their depraved minds to do what they wanted to do. And not only did they do it, but that those who were doing it, they were being approved by doing it. And so God says, okay, you want to live that way? You live that way. And I believe God has done that. We've taken prayer out. It's amazing how Muslims can gather on the White House lawn and pray. And that's acceptable. 
But for Tim Tebow to kneel down on a sideline and pray is offensive and causes a scene. It just amazes me how two gunmen, radical terrorists, can march into Garland, Texas because an assembly has gathered there to draw funny cartoons about the Prophet Muhammad, expressing their freedom of religion and right to express, and yet these two gunmen come in going to kill every one of them. And yet, they become the victims. And it's the people who assemble doing that was in the wrong. Woe to them that call evil good and good evil. Judgment is coming, church. And we need to be careful. So since this is the case, what is our response? Jesus tells us in verse 19, to stand firm and you will gain life. Until this day happens, until He returns... In the Word of God there that we just read, in, the, in verses 34, 35, 36, and 37, and 38, Jesus get, told us three things. He told us that we are to be careful and stand firm. And secondly, he's, He told us to be watchful and stand firm. And lastly, we'll look at this next week, He told us to be prayerful. To be careful, to watch, be watchful. And to be prayerful. So those are our points. If you're taking notes in the back of your bulletin, write this down. Point number one, be careful and stand firm. Look what he said again in verse 34. Be careful, the NIV translation puts it. Why? He says, because your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day is going to close on you unexpectedly like a trap. When he said be careful, what Jesus was talking about was to be aware. He meant to pay attention he was instructing his, his disciples there, uh, preparing them for the end times, to saying, guys, you've got to pay close attention and watch yourselves, to be careful that how you live doesn't get, you don't get pulled in and weighed down with the things that are going on in the world. You can get very depressed and very sad and very fearful as you look around the world if you pay attention of what's going on. He was telling them to be very careful. He's giving them an admonition, a warning, not to get weighed down. Now, the characteristics that Jesus talked about here in chapter 21, we could see is in every age of the church. We've always had wars and rumors of wars. We've always had uh, kingdom against kingdom. We've always had earthquakes and pestilences. We've had all those things. Every generation has them. So what's new? Jesus said, when you see these things beginning to increase in intensity... And getting closer, just like birth pains of a, of a woman having a child, they're getting, the contractions are getting closer and closer and more powerful and more powerful. He says when you're seeing these things happen more often and more intense, then you need to look up. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the most destructive storms we've ever saw in the history of man. And we haven't seen anything yet. We haven't got to the point to where men are fainting from the point of terror. So all these things are happening. But these things are going to increase and intensify as Jesus' drawing, coming, is getting near. So we need to do three things. He told us to be careful when it comes to religious delusion because He told us, be not deceived. Be not deceived. There in verse 8. How can I be deceived? You know, the only way to keep our balance in a deceptive world is to know the truth of God. What is the truth? How many of you know right now, end time prophecy, you know what's fixing to happen? The truth is, most people don't know about prophecy. They don't read about prophecy. 
And so if they don't know prophecy, they don't know what's going on, then it's going to be very easy for someone to come in and deceive them with a false truth. You know when a bank teller, you know how they they teach people who are bank tellers how to tell a counterfeit bill? They don't give them a bunch of counterfeit bills. They just give them a bunch of real bills. And they get so familiar with the feel and touch of a real bill that when they come across a fake bill, they know immediately that it's fake. How do we know what an untruth is? You get so familiar with the truth of God that when you hear an untruth or even a partial untruth, then you know immediately that you're being deceived, that you're being led away, you're led astray. Jesus told us to be careful. That's what He meant. Pay attention to what's going on around you. There's a lot of preachers on the television preaching a lot of things, and just because they're preachers, we just we trust them. We need to listen to what they're saying. Secondly, He tells us that we need to be careful when it comes to international distress of wars and earthquakes and pestilences and famines that he told us there in verses 9 through 11. Again, these things have happened all the time, all the way through all the generations since Jesus himself. But he said that when, when these things happen in intensity and they're getting closer together, he says, then look up because your redemption is drawing nigh. The fact that we're seeing these storms and these destructions and these cataclysm, and, and I'm not even, I didn't even bring in here this kingdom against kingdom. Have you, did you remember that? This kingdom against kingdom? So when you see ethnic group against ethnic group, racism, classism, whites against black, everything, we're seeing when ethnic group is against ethnic group, then lift up your heads for your redemption is drawing nigh. Jesus is laying out the warnings. He's telling us to be careful. Because when, you're, when you look out on this world, it's going to be very easy for you to get weighed down with all, the, all these things. And our response is to what? To be full of anxieties. Some of us don't respond that way. Some of us just go get the bottle and we like to get drunk and drink our problems away. We just want to forget everything. We just want to believe that it doesn't exist. It's not there. And that's what Jesus is saying. Be careful that you don't get sucked into that. He also said we need to be careful when it comes to religious persecution. Both official, which is verses 12 and 15, and also personal, verses 16 through 19. So persecution is going to come in a big way first, okay? Official, and then it's going to start coming personal. You know, this is something that we're seeing in a rise in America right now. But you know, in the Bible Belt here in Texas, we're the buckle of the Bible Belt. We tend to be sheltered a lot from these things. But you know, all around the world, Christians are being killed for their faith. For them to hold a Bible to one page could be death. We have, how many Bibles do we have in our houses? And we don't even read it, we don't even pick it up. Church, America's headed. What you see in the world, what you see in the Middle East, what you see going on right now with Christians over there will eventually come here. And we're beginning to see this this anti-Christian sentiment in America. It's alarming that our administration will put evangelical Christianity on the terror watch list, but not ISIS. Christians are going to become the enemy. We're going to become the thorn in the side. And that's why they got to get rid of it, because there's no tolerance. The liberals cry out tolerance, tolerance, tolerance. But when it comes to tolerance, they're very intolerant when it comes to Christianity. You speak one word against the government, and they want to censor that. Speak one thing against the morals of America. And they're going to want to silence you. Call it a hate crime if I get up here and preach against homosexuality or drunkenness. It's a hate crime. 
And this is the result of a nation that says, God, we don't want you. We don't want to follow you. We want to do it our way, humanistically. We want to put me, man is God, is what we want. We want to govern ourselves. And it's been proven through history of man. Man cannot govern, govern himself. Religious persecution's coming. And that's what's been frightening me. I've been asking myself, Michael, what if you're up there preaching one day and someone comes to the doors of that church? What are you going to do? I pray I have the faith to be the sacrificial lamb and go and take the person out. Rather one die than many. I pray I have the faith to stand there and not back down. There are places in, a, in the world right now that they have roadblocks. And they're pulling people over. And they're asking them, are you a Christian? And when they say yes, they kill them. That's happening now. And the choice of execution is going to be beheading. And we're seeing beheading become very popular, haven't we? Christians all around the world are being beheaded. I don't know if you've ever seen a beheading. It's something that you'll never forget when you see one. It's very alarming. Revelation says that they're going, well, they're going to behead those that hold to the testimony of Jesus and the word of, of His testimony. So being a Christian is going to begin to cost something. And it's kind of like we've been preaching the last couple of weeks. You know, when Jesus starts teaching, you know, 5,000 people are gathered around Him, but by the time He finished His sermon, only 12 people were left. It's going to come to that time to where either you're going to have to really stand up for your faith or you will be pulled down into the world. That's the only two choices that we'll have. And we need to pay attention. We need to be aware, Jesus said, about these things that are going on. According to the Persecuted Church website, go, go to persecutedchurch.com and, and look at some of these things. Each month, 322 Christians are killed for their faith. 214 churches and Christian properties are destroyed. 772 forms of violence are committed against Christians every month. Now, we don't see that here, so therefore it's out of sight, out of mind. We don't think about it because it doesn't pertain to us. But folks, I'm telling you, we should be alarmed because they're killing Christians over there because we know it's going to come here. We're already getting anti-Christian over here. It's the, it's, the only, it's the only result when we throw God out. That's the only way that's going to happen. That's, that's what Satan wants. And are we going to be able to stand? Will we stand firm? Or will we deny the Lord to try to save our own life? Will we even know what truth is when we're being deceived? Unless you know the truth now, you're not going to be prepared then. Evangelical Christianity is being demonized. Conservatism is being demonized. Here's the watch list I was telling you about. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security, the DOJ, the Department of Justice, and the NSA, the National Security Agency. This is their terror watch list. Now, notice what number one on the list is. You can look this up yourself. I'm not making this up. Number one, look at what the terrorist is. Why is evangelical Christianity? That's what we are, church. Evangelical. We're not liberal Christians. We're evangelical. That means we stand on the principles of the God's Word, that we condemn sin. We love the sinner, but we condemn the sin. Why are we number one? Because we disagree with the current administration's governmental views. Or any, any president that's coming in that doesn't hold to the Word of God. So get those Christians out of here. I mean, get those Jews out of here, those Orthodox Jews. Get them out of here too. That's the problem in America. I don't see Christians taking guns and killing people. I don't see Christians going in bombing places because someone makes fun of Jesus Christ. I don't see our word tell us to kill the infidel. 
I don't see any of that. But yet, we're the terror. Where's ISIS? You see ISIS on that list? ISIS is not up there. Muslim Brotherhood's up there, number two. I'm surprised they put that on there. Number four is Christian identity. Five is Al-Qaeda. Six is Hamas. Eight. Look at eight. Christianity is, is worse than the Ku Klux Klan. Catholicism made 10. Sunni Muslims, 13. And the Nation of Islam, 15. And that's the end of the list. That just is shocking. That our government, of the people, for the people, by the people, that our nation was founded upon, Christianity. We have now become enemy number one. You know why? Because of our God and our guns. That's what it is. See, our nation is going to move to a police state. All nations will move to a police state like martial law. And, and you know, in, 19, in the early 1930s, we had these conspiracies that, that, that Hitler was going to rise up and become a, a dictator and that he was going to take away all the guns. No one believed that. That's so far-fetched. And what did Hitler do? Come into power? Hitler claimed to be a Christian. Come to power? took away the guns, and killed six million Jews. Could that happen in America? Oh, yeah, in a heartbeat. As more, the more we become secular and atheistic as a nation, that's the only, the only results that we have. And this is alarming, church. This is very alarming. We need to be careful, because it's in times like this we can become so fearful that we'll just get weighed down. And that we'll just, oh, I, I don't want to believe in God. I just I don't want to believe any of this. So we go into our little naive bubble. This is this is this can't happen. This is not going to happen. It will happen. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. And we're seeing these things come at a rapid pace now, like we've never seen before. I've never seen so much anti-Christian sentiment in America. You know, when I was growing up as a young kid, patriotism was something you were proud of. Now patriotism is something that's looked down upon. We need to be careful. And we need to stand firm. Jesus told us to be innocent as doves, but shrewd as a serpent. We need to pay attention to what's going on around us. And if that doesn't get your attention, this next part will. He tells us to be aware, verse 35 and 36, to be watchful now. First is to be, to be careful, to pay attention. Now he's telling us to be aware, to watch. Notice with me what he says. Be always on the watch. Are you on the watch today? Or do you just live life day by day? Watch, watching there does not mean to stand around looking for the signs. That's not what he's talking about. He's telling us to be aware, to be awake. Don't get caught unprepared. Don't be sleeping at the wheel there, there are signs and events happening all around us. And, and to be watchful as you're putting two and two together, you're seeing all these things come together. Most Christians in America, especially here in the Bible Belt, we live in a bubble. We live in a naive bubble. We keep God in a little box. We live day to day unconcerned about the rapid events that are unfolding around us. We're like the disciples. The very night Jesus was betrayed, what were the disciples doing when Jesus was praying in anguish? They were asleep. Unaware of what's fixing to happen until Judas and the band, the mob, came and arrested Jesus and took him off and crucified him. I think America's like that. The, the southern Bible belt's like that for sure. 
We're just naive. We, go, we wake up, we go to work, we come home, we go to school, we come home. And, and that's our life. That, that's it. We don't give thought. We're not being watchful. We're not watching the news. We're not paying attention on what's going around us. And if you're not, let me shock you just a little bit. Let me begin to wake you up just a little bit. And here's one of them right here. Did you know that the Department of Homeland Security has purchased 2,717 at the last statistic that I read, 2,716 armored vehicles for use in U.S. cities? Why? Is something fixing to happen that we're not aware of? Did you know that they have stockpiled now over 2 billion rounds of ammunition? And if you've gone to buy ammunition, how many of you have gone to buy ammunition and you had to wait? As soon as people are getting it, it's sold out and they can't get enough because the, 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 our government is buying the ammunition up. 2 billion rounds of ammo. 7,000 assault rifles. And the list goes on. What for? This is America. Why is our own national security doing this to America? Are they preparing for something? We need to be watchful. Because something's not just going to happen and America's going to go, oh, we need to do something about it. No, they're way ahead of the game. They're preparing and planning for something that's going to happen. We need to be watchful. FEMA, Federal Emergency Management, under the Department of Homeland Security, have over 600 prison camps in the United States and mass grave sites right now. Now, I'm not making this up. You can go do the research. Now, there's some conspiracy theories way out there, but some legitimate news sources will also uh, talk about these things. There's maps pinpointing. There's one down in Houston. There's maps all right there. This is FEMA. What's going on? Well, it's, it's kind of the thought is when these major storms come in and they're displaced, we have places to put them. But, you know, what's used for good may be used for evil. They're there. Why do we have mass grave sites? Is something fixing to happen that we don't know about? All I'm saying, church, is be watchful. This could be nothing, but this could be everything. Let's be watchful. One thing that's kind of alarming me, this June, uh, July 15th through September 15th, we have this thing called the, uh, the Jade Helm exercises, military exercises. I believe that they're going to be military exercises. We've always had military exercises. We had them all over the world. And this is where the Green Berets and Special Forces are all coming together. And they're doing them in the southern parts of the states. And this is kind of their little map that they're kind of... they're trying to prepare and train our military for biological, chemical, or nuclear warfare, what, what they're going to do and things like that. It's a, it's a preparation for our military in the United States. We never had a war here. So they're beginning to prepare, but here's their, here's their, uh, their, uh, their map here on these exercises. Notice, red is hostile. Here's the Mormons. Of course, they'll be hostile. And here's the Christians. Of course, they're going to be hostile. What you don't see is Oklahoma, which is rated more hostile than Texas. But California has since dropped off the list. They're not even hostile. You don't have to worry about California. Now, it could be that this is just going to be an exercise, no big thing. But you know one thing that it is doing? It's pulling in military forces into southern state cities. It is bringing in armored vehicles and helicopters, and a lot of military equipment into the southern cities of the states. And it's probably not going to be anything, but it's kind of interesting here that our own governor issued an order for the Texas State Guard to monitor the Jade Ham exercises to make sure that our freedoms are not violated. Thank God for a conservative governor 
He since then has downplayed this a lot, not trying to, to cause fears. But it, it's just interesting. Could the theories that are rolling out now, or it could be that, you know, the Jade Helm exercises are, are things that are going to take place. And you really need to be here next week to hear the second part of this sermon to really make all this connect for this September. I'll talk about it in just a second. Have you heard about these things? The Walmart. Walmart joined the Department of Homeland Security a couple of years ago um, to fight against terrorism because everybody goes to Walmart. Everybody goes to Walmart. Um, but one thing that they're doing right now, they're, they're, they're talking. I don't know if they've actually done it yet. In, in, in my research, I couldn't find where they've done it. But they are now discussing using facial recognition for security purposes on Walmart store entrances. So they're, they're, they're going in with Homeland Security. They're going to put facial recognition cameras. So every time you walk into Walmart, you are facially recognized. They know who you are. They know what you bought. They know how many times you're coming in and what you're buying. What is used for good to fight terrorism will be used against us. It could be used against us. The information is there. And this is our neighborhood store. A lot of theories are going on about these Walmarts. There's five Walmarts across the nation. Two in Texas, and, and one in Oklahoma, I think, one in California, and one uh, Arizona. All five stores closed on the same day, at the same time, all for the same reasons. No one would disclose what it is, but they shut them down. You can watch YouTube videos where someone got a camera and went into one, and they left the pharmacy open, and you could go in, and they have walled off the entire Walmart. All you can do is go to the pharmacy. And they put police guards. They won't let anyone in there. They got police guards at every entrance of Walmart. And then here's one person right here that's taking pictures, and you can see these military vehicles going into a Walmart. Now, is this part of the J-Helm exercises? Wait, I don't know. I'm just telling us to be watchful. This strikes me as a little strange that our neighborhood stores got armored vehicles going into it. And boy, theories, theories are all out there about this one, that they're going to use this as DHS camps or prisons. Or There's even that one theory that all these Walmarts are tunneling underneath America and having a network of tunnels because of, in case of chemical or biological warfare. For six months, they're shut down, all six of them for plumbing issues. But if you go research plumbing permits, no plumbing permits in the counties where these Walmarts have been issued. It's amazing how all five stores all closed on the same days for the same problem for the same amount of time. What's going on in a Walmart? And one of them's in Livingston, Texas. That should alarm us. That makes me curious. I don't know. It could be nothing. It could be just nothing. Walmart could have just said, we well, you know what, we're just giving up our stores for the Jade Helm exercises and this is where they're going to be housed and bunked. I don't know. But until they tell us what's going on, theories and, and, and uh, uh, conspiracies rule. Here's one that really got me, folks. There's our Walmart closures right there. And those pictures, I believe, of the armored trucks was the one in California. Here is the French foreign minister who on May 13, 2014, said this, The world has 500 days to avoid climate chaos. 
We have 500 days. This is when he went back to Paris. He said the first part when he was in Washington with uh, uh, Secretary of State John Kerry. But when he went back to Paris, this is what he said. We have 500 days, not a day more, to avert a climate disaster. Do they know something we don't? May 13th, 2014, 500 days from then is September 24th, 2015. Now I'm going to leave us right there. Because September is a very, very interesting month, politically, biblically, prophetically. I'm going to share things about this September, next week, that's going to blow your mind. And if we're not careful, it can get us to become very fearful. But that's my point, to to teach us this lesson. Don't be fearful. Be faithful. Stand firm. And you will live. Jesus said these days are coming, and when you see them happening more and more, then you need to lift up your head. One more. In Utah, the NSA, and this is, we know this, they built one of the biggest data collecting that they've ever done. It's it's the, the biggest building you've ever seen in your life up in Utah. And what the NSA was doing, they were collecting all this data from websites and internet searches and phone calls and Skype calls and emails and text messages and credit cards and financial information, legal documents, travel documents and health records. How many of us are guilty there? I mean, how many of us have done these things? And all that information is going into this research and they're matching it up and they're storing it and they're sharing it and it's going out and they're they're having to decide here and act. A data warehouse, surveillance and monitoring, suspicious activity or terrorist screening. It's going out to one of these. And it it was our own NSA spying on American people. This is already proven because they're passing a bill in Congress to try to stop this. Why is our government spying on us? It's for terrorism. What is meant for good? will be used for evil. So every time you go on and you log on a search, you just search for something. And maybe you're searching Jadeham 15. Well, that search is being filtered in and people are saying, huh, Barack Obama, the Antichrist. Oh, now we know who he is that thinks he's the Antichrist. So there, it's, it's spooky. It reminds me of Revelation. So church, are you ready? Are you awake? Are you aware? of what's going on around you. What Jesus said is happening in the tribulation period. Here we are prior to the tribulation, and we're seeing the foundation of these things beginning to take place. The spirit of Antichrist is already here. And will you stand firm? I pray that we do, because our King of kings and our Lord of lords coming back, and He's going to rule and reign. And we're going to be with Him. But are you ready? If Jesus was to return today... Would you be ready for His coming? Are you prepared spiritually? Because when Jesus returns, if you're not saved, if we have not called upon the name of the Lord, you're left behind and you get the privilege of going through all of this stuff. But if we know Christ and if we've interpreted the Scriptures correctly and we'll get raptured out of here beforehand, I don't know. Uh, We'll just have to wait and see. But even if we went through it as a church... Is your faith deep enough and rooted enough into the, to it, deep enough that, that when these storms hit you, it's not going to rock your world? Your faith will stand. You'll be like Christ. You'll face the cross. You'll face the beheadings. You'll face the punishment, whatever comes at your way, knowing that you're going to get a better resurrection. So church, be awake. Be aware. 
Be careful that we don't get fearful and pull down on these things because when you get fearful of what's fixing to happen, get your, get your eyes back up on the Lord of what He's going to accomplish. All this is according to His will. And we need to pray what He taught us to pray. Lord, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we need to pray. And not be fearful, but just be faithful. We hope you have enjoyed Pastor Michael's challenge from the Word of God. If you have any questions about today's message, you can reach us at 903-759-4196 or write to us. We'd love to hear from you at 117 South White Oak Road, White Oak, Texas, 75693. For more information about Pastor Michael or White Oak Baptist Church, please visit us on the web at www.wobaptist.org. Come back and visit us again. Until then, God bless.